Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, sports fans, and welcome to the Sports Opinions Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Alex Cuesta. With me is a guy that's a familiar voice, and funny enough, I think came on right around the same exact time last year, because last year we were talking about the Super Bowl. This year, it's right after the Super Bowl, and it happens to be right before the trade deadline. It's friend of the show, my friend, your friend, Brandon, Scoop B. Robinson. What's up, Scoop? Um, trying to uh, get some type of rest. How are you? <laughs> Good, you ain't getting it yet. You got to do this little show with me first. <laughs> <laughs> Deal, man. We've had that in the works since what, like September, October? Oh, yeah, we're always. I, I went to you and I told you when I want to have you on, and you were like, trade deadline. I see where you're at right now. <laughs> yes, sir. You called me out. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Here we are. Yeah, um, and everyone, if you want to hear Scoop all the time, definitely go check out uh, Scoopy Radio podcast anywhere you can find it. He's always fun on there he's everywhere and you can listen to any of his appearances wherever he is or all of his guests that he has on so that's always fun and on twitter he's super entertaining giving you inspirational quotes and also and uh putting down haters which is always entertaining (laughs) to watch him troll some people so definitely go follow scoop um at scoopy over there so how's it been going long time no talk really (laughs) man it's been good i have um I have been just working extremely hard. I think last time we have spoken, which would be on your pod last, this time last year, you said, right? About, I think, yeah. I've been to LA three times, Chicago about three times, um, Charlotte. I've been to Oklahoma City with Russell the day he was traded. Um, and just, it's just been, it's been a, from the, from last time we talked on your pod to now, it has just been, a very good year exponentially just with my, my, my building, uh, writing, breaking stuff, um, you know, anything from Kyrie and his thoracic bursitis to, you know, uh, Paul George's torn rotator cuff. It's it's pretty much, with the exception of Kawhi and, and KD going to Los Angeles Lakers, everything pretty much else has checked out. So I, I'm doing all right, just staying busy. 
Speaking of you breaking stuff, Mr. I'm retired. I'm done after, you know, it's been different because last year around this time during the trade deadline, you were super active, super busy putting out everything, all the little inklings from your trusted sources. You were putting it out there. Yes. This year, it's not so much. Um, You have your little tidbits that you're throwing out there, but you're much more reserved. You haven't retired from breaking news, but you've, <laughs> you know, you definitely haven't retired. I think you're working harder this year than you've worked. You're out more. You're you're everywhere. But in an essence, you retired from the game of breaking it minute by minute per se, it seems like. Man, that's tiring as hell. <laughs> listen, I'm I, it's listen, if that's what you want, kiss my ass. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Now what I want from you is to get Jamal Crawford onto the Brooklyn Nets or a team. That man needs to be playing basketball. I, I talked to Jamal last week, and uh, we were on the phone talking, and Jamal, um, you know, he still wants to play. It, it is my belief um, that after the trading deadline and after buyouts, um, Jamal will likely be on a team. Um, Philadelphia, it rings a bell. Um, Brooklyn would work. Um, I can tell you that he and Kyrie are, are close. Um, he and Kyrie have a relationship that spans years and a mutual respect. Brooklyn would be cool. I wouldn't have thought that around Thanksgiving time. I can tell you, you know, that wink, wink, league sources tell me back then that, you know, it would come down to the Raptors or the Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, at this point, looking at different options, there are more teams out there that could use him. You know, Philly could use him. The Lakers, in my opinion, could use him. Um, I, I think Milwaukee could use him. I think that um, Brooklyn could use him. I, but I think, you know, even a Houston could use him. But I, I, I erred aside of caution because I don't think he should just go to a team just because they want him. You kind of saw that last year with Phoenix, where, you know, Phoenix was a young team, but Phoenix uh, was in a situation where um, they weren't a playoff team. And, you know, that was a team that was looking at him. You know, people got mad at, at – at uh, Carmelo Anthony last season for not joining, you know, a, a Detroit Pistons team who could have used him or, you know, like a team like that. Um, and he found greener pastures in Portland. So I, I think it's one of those things where don't just pick a team just because they want you. Pick it because that's where you want to go. I don't like that answer. Pick Brooklyn because we want you. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. <laughs> but before we get into all the trade deadline talk, because we're going to get into there, I haven't had a chance to talk to you really on the podcast. We've texted a few times, but the Kobe Bryant situation, terrible tragedy of losing Kobe Bryant. Um, we did my Quest to Dose show with my brother and the guests on the Personal Foul podcast, Colton Gesser, who's a Lakers fan. A full tribute. At that moment, you were still in a bad way. You did some stuff on Instagram. You directed me there. I shared the Instagram story that you put on there about basically get into lower Marion just to go watch him play. Cause you were over at Eastern. Yes. Do you have any other memories or stories? Cause obviously you grew up around basketball. You knew and were in the same areas as Kobe a lot of the times. And you posted a picture with his father not too long ago. Any memories and stories today, you want to share? Yeah, I, go ahead. Share some stuff I, with us. I called his father today. Actually, I waited a couple of days. Uh, really a week after the death, a tragic death. Uh, Kobe Bryant, 41 years old, uh, helicopter accident. He and his daughter, as well as seven other people, were on the helicopter. And um, 
you know, I knew of Kobe, obviously. So funny story. Obviously, you know my childhood. Um, I was supposed to actually go to a Lakers-Nets game working in the 90s. And my mom, uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom at the time because my sister was just born. And um, my mom would take me to Nets games when I had to work. And then my stepfather would come from work and then would like relieve my mother. And then my stepfather would t- take, we would go home after. So my mom at the, on that particular day, I had to go to the school office to call my mom for something. And I kept getting on her nerves. So she <laughs> said, Brandon, if you call this house one more time, I'm not taking you to the Nets Lakers game tonight. So I pressed star six, seven and called back. Cause you know, if you press star six, seven, it blocks the number. <laughs> so she goes, so I come home. From school, she goes, come on, you ready? She goes, you're not going. I said, why? She said, because you called again. I said, no, I didn't. She said, Brandon, you called and you blocked the number. I said, that wasn't <laughs> well, I don't care. You're still not going. <laughs> so <laughs> That sounds like something you would do, Scoop. <laughs> Thinking you're smarter and everything. <laughs> you know one outsmarts mama. You should so, know that's a golden rule. No one outsmarts mama. Yeah, so needless to say, it was me. She still can't prove it, even though I said it on your show. Um, <laughs> Mama, don't listen. And so your I didn't go, and I watched it on TV. So this is what I'll tell you. I'll tell you that um, I didn't get a chance to see Kobe Bryant play live again until the 2016 All-Star Game. <laughs> <laughs> just life, a long school, time. school, high school, just just life. You know, I did net slamming planning for two years yep. in high school. So... What I'll tell you is um, I got to know Kobe's father um, in 2014. I was part of a basketball exposure program um, that Kobe was a part of, and a guy that was Paul George's trainer, um, myself, a bunch of people, and it was in Dallas, Texas. So I actually went, flew out there the day after the 2014 NBA draft. And if you remember around that time, that was when Jason Kidd and Billy King were having issues with power of who's the GM and who's the coach. Yep. Long story short, I get out there and Kobe's father's hotel was right across the hall from mine during that week in, in Dallas. And so I was in his room, he was in my room, and we were literally just talking about basketball for hours. Um, anything from... Um, what Kobe was like as a kid, you know, Kobe and I both have that passion thing in common as far as us picking our fields and doing what we want to do. So we had that in common and kind of just talking to Jelly about what Kobe was like as a kid and comparing those to myself. And, you know, they shared Del Harris in common. Del Harris was uh, an assistant coach with the Houston Rockets. And then Del Harris was the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers during Kobe's couple, first couple of years yep. with the Lakers. So you know, there's a connection there. Um, and, you know, we just stayed in touch via text message, via phone. And then, you know, I ended up heading over to CBS in 2015 and had a, a podcast as well as a contributor, CBS Local Sports, CBS Sports Radio, and CBS This Morning. And what happened was um, Kobe's father called me, Jelly Bean Bryant, former NBA player himself, and asked me to be on his show around the time that Kobe announced that he was going to retire. And, uh, you know... We talked about a lot. He told me that, you know, Kobe, even though Jelly was a sixer and was from Southwest Philly, played at John Bodstrom High School, you know, he's still, you know, he was still a fan of the Lakers because that's the team that his son played for. And, 
you know, just the, the relationship has just always been there. Uh, I, I know, I know other people within the Bryant family. I, I knew Kobe uh, had his phone number. Called him the day that the helicopter, you know, went down um, and got no answer. Um, I'll tell you that um, the Bryant. It, it, I reconnected with Kobe or connected with Kobe in 2016 at the NBA All-Star Game in Toronto and um, asked him about um, his, you saw the video was on my Instagram, asked him about, um, you know, riding out in the sunset. Would he have liked to have done that just how Peyton Manning did it? He said it would have been great, but, you know, he won five NBA championships and, you know, many people don't win one. So not to ramble, uh, my fondest memories of Kobe were were those things that happened with me professionally uh, on the court you know, watching him, um, his last all-star game in 2016, uh, in Toronto, uh, I was there, I was working. Uh, I, I saw that. And, um, you know, th- I think the other parts of it were just the slam dunk contest that he won in 97, um, scoring the 60 points against the Utah jazz and making a visit to Rucker park, uh, in Harlem. Uh, yep. th- those are some of my fondest memories of Kobe. Yeah. You know, I just definitely want to get your take on it. Because it is a tragedy and it's something that, you know, I think we're all doing our best of all the fans of Kobe and the people that were affected by it. We're doing our best to do exactly what Kobe would have wanted. That would be keep pushing, keep doing our thing the way we do it and not mourn him for too long. Because, you know, first thing Kobe would say, and I said it on the show, especially about um, them not playing the games. And I get why they didn't. I don't blame the Lakers at all for taking a game. But you, you and I both know Kobe would have been like, damn, man, pick up the ball and play. What are y'all doing? Just get, just go play the game. He'd be the first one to say it. So in memory of Kobe, we're going to continue to trudge on. Rest in peace to all of them. But uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Scoop. I appreciate you sharing uh, just a few moments of Kobe, his father. And, you know, we wish everyone the best in those families in this uh, tough time. And blocking the call to my mom. And blocking the call to your mom, which did not happen, Mama Robinson. Didn't happen. (laughs) So we're going to jump into the meat and potatoes. And, you know, I'm just going to get some juicy stuff from you right now. Scoop, what is the hottest trade rumor that you got right now? It is the 5th of February at 8.51. Trade deadlines is 6th at 3 o'clock. Overnight is the best time for this stuff. So what are you hearing right now that is hot? I mean, the Andre Iguodala thing is the biggest thing at the at the time of this recording. Uh, Justice Winslow and Andre Iguodala uh, are, or Justice Winslow will be part of the deal uh, that likely ships Andre Iguodala to the Miami Heat, a contender. Um, yep. Lakers were not able to get it done, and um, the Clippers were unable to get it done. Uh, Justice Winslow will be part of that trade, which is not really surprising um, because the Heat were looking to make a move uh, on Justice Winslow uh, at during the uh, NBA free agency period uh, over the summer, which was a zoo. You know that I had uh, Jimmy Butler in his meeting with the Heat. He ultimately ended up signing with the Miami Heat. Uh, but Justice, they were, there was a belief within uh, many organizations or within the NBA circle at large that um, there could be a three-team trade uh, that would bring uh, – would bring Jimmy Butler to Miami and Justice Winslow was one of the names with the Dallas Mavericks uh, that could have been a part of it. Um, and it didn't happen. So Justice Winslow's contract was, was, was a, an attractive contract. And 
But ultimately, you know, Miami waited, and he is part of the Memphis Grizzly deal uh, that will send Andre Iguodala there. Uh, another popular opinion is, you know, Andre Drummond um, and Detroit, will he get, you know, what, what will be the asking price for it? I think many people cannot quantify what he's worth. He's a double-double machine. Um, Charlotte has been in, interested in uh, Drummond for some time now. Uh, and, you know, at the trading deadline last year, they were looking quietly to make that happen. Uh, Mitch Kupchak has been very high on Drummond for years. Yep. Glad that um, they could wait until the offseason. Like some of those things are very fluid. What I'm finding with the free agency period this season is a lot of things that people were discussing or excuse me, in the, in the trade deadline, a lot of the things that people were discussing during free agency during the summertime, they're carrying over into the trading deadline. Um, you're seeing it now with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was a restricted free agent uh, during last summer, and he was part of the sign-and-trade uh, that shipped Kevin Durant to the Brooklyn Nets uh, and, and sent D'Angelo to the Golden State Warriors. And it was a belief that in December, uh, that would be when Golden State would be looking to make use him as a bargaining chip. And they could not get it done on Monday night in their, in their discussions. The New York Knicks uh, quietly have been players in acquiring D'Angelo Russell, but the asking price has been a lot. Uh, unprotected first-round pick as well as Mitchell Robinson, Alonzo Trier, as well as Kevin Knox. Uh, has is what I'm hearing the Golden State Warriors uh, are, are are asking for, and it seems to be a, stel- a stalemate right now between those two teams. And of course, you know the Knicks also got rid of uh, their team president Steve Mills. So, yep, those are the things that are kind of m- making their way. Uh, just to to summarize again, uh, Andre Drummond um, as well as Andre Iguodala, the two Dre's, and then uh, also D'Angelo Russell. Now, what about um, Marcus Morris Sr.? You mentioned the Knicks. They're desperately, it seems like, trying to move him. Um, there's been some conflicting reports. It said they want to move him. Then it said they're trying to keep him. What are you hearing about Marcus Morris? Is there anything in place for him to get moved right now? Um, yeah, I, I'll take it back to January uh, when I um, reported, while I was on vacation, no less, uh, that the Clippers and <laughs> analyzing that situation i can tell you that the clippers are looking for a big man uh recently uh yahoo's chris haynes reported that uh tristan thompson for example uh was a a guy that the clippers would make up excuse me that the cleveland cavaliers would make available uh, at the nba's trading deadline and i will tell you that um the clippers are a team that has interest in 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 tristan thompson the clippers are looking for uh, an additional big man. You look at the uh, Los Angeles Lakers, a, a team that will likely go toe to toe with the Lake with the Clippers at some point during the season. They're looking a way to combat a very uh, uh, top heavy uh, Lakers team who who does have Anthony Davis, who does who, who do have excuse me uh, Javel McGee as well as Demarcus Cousins, and then you know LeBron James is a hybrid six uh, nine freight trade. So, you know, they're looking for some way to come back that. And Tristan Thompson was a name that I mentioned. And yep. I think on the Lakers side, I, I have heard, again, free agency carries over into, you know, a trading deadline, just things that were supposed to happen that did not happen. The Boston Celtics, as well as the Los Angeles Lakers, were very high on not just um, 
Morris, but also Ed Davis. Um, and Ed Davis would be a great pickup for them. What you say? Ed Davis would be a great pickup for that team. But this was let me just let me just clarify that was yep. something that was discussed during free agency. Not okay. Yet. So both teams were very high on Ed Davis as well as Drummond. Excuse me, I keep saying Drummond. Uh, <laughs> Morris. Yep. Um, so looking at free agency now, one thing that I have heard is being discussed is the whole Kyle Kuzma thing. But I've heard different versions of that story because the Lakers are very big on chemistry right now. You talk to everybody in that locker room. I've talked to Kyle Kuzma about it. I've talked to um, Contavious Caldwell Pope about it. I've spoken with uh, Danny Green as well as um, Jared Dudley about it. Chemistry is a big thing. I talked to Kuzma just about trade, you know, rumors and things of that sort. And mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, I don't think about it much. I just play the game of basketball. And he kind of reiterated that after the Spurs game the other night where he Scoop said, you know, Kobe told him if, if you're not if you're not being talked about, you're not relevant. And Kuzma said, I'm the hottest talk of the town right now. <laughs> and, um you know, so I've, I've heard anything from Sacramento. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic is a guy that, you know, was discussed. Uh, I've also heard uh, that uh, the Detroit Pistons did reach out to the Lakers concerning uh, Derrick Rose being shipped to the Lakers in exchange uh, for Kuzma, uh, Danny Green, and um, Alex Caruso. And I'm told that the Lakers did turn that down. So, you know, you hear a lot of conflicting reports. The Kuzma thing is probably the most... um, interesting conversational piece. Um, I look at Morris. Morris was a guy that anybody from the Spurs to the Clippers uh, to the Celtics had interest in him. And there were some things that went on behind the scenes with his representation that it made it not a a plausible uh, situation. So um, he, he says he likes it in New York playing for the Knicks. I have to take him at his word. Uh, but I was hearing some rumblings about that in January, and then the conversation kind of shifted. I don't know if it's Kobe Bryant related. I don't, as far as his death and just the chemistry at the Lakers locker room going to another level, or maybe there isn't anybody really serious. If I'm not mistaken, Kuzma is in the last year of a three-year uh, rookie deal, which would pay him out, I believe, three to five million. I'm not, I, I don't quote me on that, but. Um, they want to get something for him in case he leaves and be a free agency. Definitely. Yeah. That Kuzma situation is, is really interesting. And I've always been pretty high on Kuz. So I understand teams wanting to get him, but I, you know, the Lakers would be foolish to not get a King's ransom for him. He's a super talented kid. Yes, for sure. But, um, another guy, I might throw two other names at you. And then I want to talk a little bit about the nets and who they're moving and why they, who they shouldn't move. But first Kevin Love, has a massive contract, $90 million, would be really tough for any team to match that with role players. And I don't think Kevin Love is a big enough star right now to go a star for star trade. Are you hearing anything about Kevin Love? Are there feelers being put out to the Cavs? What's going on with him right now? Um, I've heard anything from Portland, and I was here in Portland, I want to say, in the fall time. Mm-hmm. Um with the Iguodala situation now being what it is, I'm wondering if that's still an option. But I also believe that the Cavaliers uh, are kind of in a situation like um, 
the Golden State Warriors, where they realize what they have, and if it doesn't come into something they're interested in, um, then they'll wait until the summertime. And here's the reason why with Kevin Love. Kevin Love is a 6'10 power forward that can rebound and can shoot. Um, that's like having a pretty woman as your, as, your, as, your, as your wife or your girlfriend who can cook, clean, goes to work every day, and likes watching basketball with you. You covered that at all costs. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, you know, the Kevin Love situation uh, is a little bit more murky just because I don't think that the Cavaliers are looking to make something happen unless it really comes their way. To me, Tristan Thompson seems more plausible, but like always, things are always fluid and, and, and things can change in that moment. So um, Kevin Love, to me, um, he likes it in Cleveland. I've spent time with Kevin in Cleveland, um, and Kevin uh, really took to that crowd early on uh, when he came to Cleveland during the LeBron Kyrie days. And um, I, I think that Cleveland stands put unless there's something that comes their way and there's an offer that they can't refuse. I think the thing that gets interesting is you look at the Miami situation. If the Miami situation were to happen, they'd have to give up Deion Waiters, and I don't know that Cleveland wants to take on Deion and and Cleveland again. Yeah, that would be – that wasn't a great marriage the first time, and Deion has cooled off since two years ago when he was a budding superstar in terms of scoring. He took over the playoffs, and, you know, he's kind of cooled off since then. Now – I have two other names I'm looking at. I'm going to throw them both at you, and you can tell me a little bit. Two other names that I saw potentially being in trades. Danilo Gallinari at the Thunder is healthy for once and is playing like the guy that we all thought he could be. He's another unicorn where he's 6'10 and can move and score like he's 6'6. He's a very good scorer and a good player. I've seen things about him on, you know, through the Twitter webs. And also, Andrew Wiggins being included as a package guy in the deal because his contract is massive. What are you hearing about either of those guys? I don't think Wiggins goes anywhere because of his number, but who knows? So the first person you said was? Danilo Gallinari. Danilo Gallinari, uh, I was hearing back in the summertime when I was with um, Russell uh, yep. at his comedy show and then spending you know, a week in Oklahoma, uh, there was a belief that the Miami Heat would be a suitor if Chris Paul was shipped um, to the Miami Heat. And, you know, since then, Chris Paul has had a heck of a season, all-star caliber season is mm-hmm. this, this year's all-star game. Um, Danilo Gallinari is somebody that, that has, has piqued a lot of people's interest because of his shooting. Again, I talked about Kevin Love being a, a 6'10 power forward that can rebound and shoot. I use that analogy of a lady that, that you date or you're married to that can <laughs> I think shooting is another thing that is highly coveted in the NBA. Uh, Danilo Gallinari does that um, for you. And so I think the, the, the drawback of that is that the Thunder are having such a wonderful season. Do you want to break up that chemistry? Kind of the same situation the Lakers have. Difference is the Lakers are a championship contender and the Thunder are a playoff contender. This is true. But I'll add, I'll take that and raise you. The Thunder are not in a rush to do anything because they weren't even expected to be in this position. To me, um, Steven Adams is somebody that is more attractive only because he's a big man. Uh, but I, 
I think that the Thunder are in such a great situation. Everything that I've heard, you know, as it relates to the Thunder is is Dennis Schroeder, for example. The Knicks were taking a look at him and had made calls uh, back in Sunday, Monday mode. Uh, The the Danilo Gallinari situation, uh, Miami to me would be a a good fit. But uh, like I always say, things are fluid throughout the course of free agency. And um, I think that the Thunder are not in a pressured situation to do anything unless something comes their way. So Danilo is a shooter and there are a lot of people that want shooters, but what are they willing to give up in this market? I I think things will start to heat up around noontime uh, come Thursday. And he may be a name that you, that you'll see. If I'm the Thunder right now, I'm going and trading all four of them for young guys and picks, not a championship team right now. Get what you can. That yeah. would be me. Um, just because, you know, you're not getting a championship with Chris Paul, Schroeder, Adams, and Danilo. They're a nice team. They're gonna make they're gonna make the playoffs fun with who they play, but they're not a championship team. You get rid of all four of them, you get some young guys that have potential, you get some high picks. I think for Danilo this year, you could probably get a first rounder for Danilo right now. And yeah, that's you the way you go. About it. He's averaging nineteen point two points and five point seven rebounds and two point three yeah. assists per game. And his true shooting percentage, I checked it, it, it was 61.7%. Um, and he's helping that 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 squad. You know, oh, yeah. Chris Paul, you look at Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, you know, that team is above 500, and they're really competing. I, I was on, I was coming back from vacation last month from Mexico, and I watched the Thunder Rockets game on the plane ride home. And those guys weren't scared. And Danilo Gallinari, you know, is a shooter that, that has veteran experience. Um, despite injuries, despite setbacks, he's been consistent. You don't give up a shooter just because that's what the market may want. Um, and they can go into the summer making moves. If I'm not mistaken, the Thunder have about seven draft picks. They are the hoarder of draft picks. They have yeah. a thousand. So they really don't need them, but they're always nice. <laughs> but to me, if something were to happen, my, Miami would be the buyer. Miami was expected to be a buyer at the NBA's trading deadline. Um, and December was when Miami was going to start doing so. Um, but, you know, the trading deadline is, is really heating up. But, you know, the, the Iguodala situation is the one that, 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 to me, Miami will be a big winner uh, should the deal, you know, finalize. But uh, Danilo Gallinari is a guy that would definitely be a complimentary piece to guys like Jimmy Butler, who commands a double team. Um, and, and I think that uh, he could extend his career if he would find his way to Miami. But I think ultimately the Oklahoma City Thunder hold the keys to uh, the, 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 uh, the Maserati. There it is. So we're going to talk a little about the Nets because I saw one of the worst trade rumors I've ever seen in my life that I hope doesn't happen. Spencer Dinwiddie being floated around for Aaron Gordon, I think is hopefully never happens. Aaron Gordon, I think we're two years past that ship of getting him. I wouldn't have minded him two years ago. Not now. And also, what you're, I don't think you give up Spencer Dinwiddie for anyone who isn't a 20-point-a-night all-star. But besides that, I'm also seeing names like Torian Prince, Jarrett Allen, Karis LeVert being floated around. What are you hearing about the Brooklyn Nets? Because Sean Marks, I feel like he gets antsy around this time and just needs to make a move because he knows he can make this team better. And he likes playing that type of game where he can kind of swindle somebody and get a, make his team better. 
What do you hear? I don't really, I don't really, I personally don't see any major moves the Nets make because I think they're really preparing for the summer and next season uh, when Kevin Durant returns. Uh, the Lakers, it was reported, did make calls about Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, you know, the Aaron Gordon situation, I think he's a contract that uh, the Magic want to get off the books, but, uh, and they want to get something for him. But I, I think that the, the Orlando Magic are in a great prime position because they're building them out around Markel Fultz and, 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 and Nikola Vucevic, it seems. And, you know, you have Aaron Gordon, who's, you know, more of a – he's like a skinnier Blake Griffin at this point with, with Orlando. And um, I feel like if he went to Brooklyn, it may slow down the offense a bit, uh, a high-octane offense. But perhaps if he were to come to Brooklyn, it, it, it would be a situation where uh, it, it would it – would, it would keep Kyrie from running breakneck speed all the time and getting hurt. You know, as you get older, 26, 27 years old, you're close to 30, you want to preserve your career. You look at Dwayne Wade at times, uh, you know, he put a lot of wear tear on his body. Now, Kyrie and and, and, and and Dwayne Wade play two different positions. But, you know, as you get older, you, you want to preserve your body and, and maybe bringing in a, a guy who can still get to the basket or post up uh, in today's modern game could be a benefit. But I don't see Brooklyn making any major um decisions um i will tell you that um just in reading various things today um i, I think spencer dinwiddie has been the heart and soul of that team uh, hell yeah so you know i think it's difficult to trade away a piece like that and he's grown the fact that brooklyn nets fans and even the franchise has watched this kid they picked up from the g league who we forget is still young. He's not. He's a veteran now, but what is he, 24, 25? He's not an old guy completely. Right. And he has grown with the Nets, and he's defined Brooklyn grit. He is quite literally what they wanted between him, Joe Harris, guys like that. So I don't think you let a guy like that go, especially one who has turned himself into an all-star. Whether he got the nod or not, he is an all-star this year. So Yep. So we're going to jump to... Another fun topic that I think you'll be able to sink your teeth into. We're going to talk some contenders, pretenders for the NBA at this current point, right before the trade deadline, which we're going to talk about this. And I guarantee will change dramatically with all the trades that are happening or going to happen. But we'll look in the East first because you have your teams that are kind of locked for the playoffs between your Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, uh, Pacers, and the Sixers. But then right there on the bubble, you have the Nets who playing better as of late, but they're well under 500. We talked about the Magic in the 8 seed. And then the ones kind of knocking at the door are the Bulls, the Wizards, and the Pistons. Let's talk about that bottom group starting with the Nets, Magic, Bulls, Wizard, Pistons. Which two teams of those do you think are actual contenders to get in the playoffs? The Bulls. Bulls? I do. do and do you like Brooklyn to stay in as well? I like Brooklyn to stay in, uh, but it all depends on Kyrie's health. Yeah. And so do you think Brooklyn will do enough to stay in the seventh seed? Because nobody, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie said it the best. Nobody wants to be in the eighth seed. No one wants to play the Bucks. You can't guard Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, do you think there'll be enough to get that seventh seed and rekindle their rivalry with seemingly the Raptors? Um. 
I look at the bottom from nine down, the Wizards, the Pistons, the Hornets, the Knicks, the Cavs, the Hawks. Um, I think even when John Wall comes back, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, but it's not impossible because you look at the Orlando Magic, what happens in the second half of the season. I kind of saw that with Orlando last year, uh, but they ended up making it to the playoffs anyway. Um, you know, were they going to be a seventh, eighth, ninth seed? They, they, they kind of were up and down. I think the reason why the NBA's Eastern Conference is so interesting to watch is uh, because, number one, the Raptors are still doing well despite Kawhi being gone. You knew the Bucks were going to be the Bucks. Um, the Pacers with Victor Oladipo coming back or, or right back where they left off at with a healthy Oladipo this time. And the Heat are looking to get better in the Eastern Conference. This is the first, Charles Barkley said this to me, this is like the first time in a long time that we don't just predict that it's going to be the Cavs and the Warriors in the NBA Finals. So you don't know who is going to be who in the Western or the Eastern Conference. That's what makes this season so exciting. That being said, if the Sixers don't get their act together, they could be from the bottom looking up. You look at the Bulls, chemistry to me. You know, I've been around that team. I'm in and out of Chicago. Yep. Uh, many the chemistry that I see with the Bulls uh, on a young as a young squad reminds me of the chemistry that the Lakers have as a veteran squad looking to win a championship. It's all about camaraderie. And when you have, from what it seems or from what's being reported, that the Sixers uh, locker room is not always on the same page it makes you wonder what's going to happen moving forward. Um, so to directly answer your question, I like the Bulls' camaraderie, but I also like the Orlando Magic's camaraderie, um, and I hope that they stay within that standings. If, if the playoffs were to start today, they'd be an eighth seed, uh, and they'd make it to the playoffs, and you know, the Nets are a seventh seed. Um, but I think the Bulls, to me, um, out of all the other teams you mentioned, I, I think has a chance. Kobe White uh, told a buddy of mine who's a writer uh, – out in Chicago uh, that he believes uh, that Josh Hicks, that's what is of Regal Radio, he told him that I believe that the Bulls can make it to the playoffs this year. And, you know, I, I'd like to see that the Bulls are something that I, that you want to cheer for because, you know, they started out kind of rusty uh, chemistry-wise. Uh, I've often said this, you know, if if not Zach Levine, then who? Is it Lowry? Is it, is it Darius Young? Is it, is it Kobe? I think once they find out that second hit, or third hit on that team, second hit or a third hit on that team, they're on to something. So, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, dare I say it, that right now the Eastern Conference is deeper in terms of they right now, to me, one through six, I wouldn't be surprised to see any of those six teams make it to the finals. You know, I think the Bucks are the odds-on favorite because they're the best team. But if they slip up, it wouldn't surprise me to see if Philly gets their act together in the playoffs. They could definitely make a run. They have that talent. Or Toronto. Or Toronto. Or Boston. Or Miami. Or Indy. They all have the bona fide superstars with the number two and then the number three score there. They all have their own version of a big two, big three. And, you know, where you look at the West, it's the Lakers, Clippers. Denver kind of showed their colors last year that they're a regular season team. Haven't really gotten it together. We'll see. Utah, I don't think, scares those top two. The Rockets are very good, but, you know, we don't know what we're getting from them. And then Dallas is a year too early. OKC, I said, isn't a contender. Neither is Memphis. So I really think that the East is deeper this year in terms of contenders for the championship. Yeah, it's deep. I think think why you say it's deep is because 
it's a lot of guys digging for scraps, but the only top two tier, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference are the Bucks, the Sixers, um, and the Raptors. I think when it's all said and done, I think sometimes you look at standings, and I could be wrong, but so be it. Um, it's not the first time I've been wrong. Um, <laughs> you look at the Western Conference, for example, and a, a former player explained to me best, teams like the Mavericks and the Rockets look good at the beginning of the season, then they kind of falter down the wayside a little bit. You look at the Portland Trailblazers, they look like they're somebody, and then you know they may drop off a little bit, I, I think. The, th- the thing in the Western Conference that surprises me, or it doesn't really surprise me because Chris Paul is a winner, but maybe surprises other people, is that the Thunder are playing as well as they are. Um, because, you know, you may put them in the same box as the Phoenix Suns or the Minnesota Timberwolves. But the but the issue is the Warriors are not, are, are, their seeding is all the way at, at number 15. Um, you look at the Spurs. The Spurs may be there. You know, will, will the, I don't think the Thunder will drop off, but the Grizzlies could. They're still a young team. But then you look at teams like the Rockets and the Mavericks. The Rockets either make you happy or disappoint you. Depends on which day the, the, the clock swings. <laughs> Mavericks, everybody's high on Luka Doncic. I don't have a problem with them. But will they falter in the second half of the season? You know what the Nuggets are going to do. You know what the Lakers and the Clippers are going to do. Comparatively, in the Eastern Conference, the Sixers are definitely not playing like a playoff team right now. They are 6-4 and four in their last 10. They've given up some games that they should have won. Um, but the most consistent team in the Eastern Conference, to me, is the Bucs. The other thing is, the Celtics are a silent assassin. I talked to Jalen Brown back in December. Oh, yeah. And I asked him, did he think, among other things I asked, but I, one thing I asked him was, does he think that the Celtics are getting their just due? And he said he feels like they're still figuring a lot of things out. You add Kimball Walker this offseason. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are playing good basketball. Tatum's an all-star. Uh, Jalen should have been an all-star. Um, but I, I just think that in, in the Eastern Conference, there's so much youth. And and I think that the strongest team in the East currently are the Bucks. But the Raptors are still there. I feel like you look at the top three teams, it's the Bucks, the Raptors, um, the, the, the Celtics, yes, but the Sixers should be playing much better. But I also think the Sixers are suffering from the fact that they weren't able to re-sign J.J. Redick, Jimmy Butler, and Tobias Harris, and they had to pick Tobias Harris. And they overpaid Al Horford. Yeah. Yeah, and Tobias has been playing well, but he doesn't. Tobias is very streaky, so it's tough to see him maintain it. Now, when you mentioned OKC, one thing I have to say about OKC is they're still a very young franchise, but I believe the culture that was built there between Harden, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and then coming into the league and just being a top team for over a decade, I think that culture that's built there within the franchise doesn't allow them. The fans expect them to win games. The fans expect them to be in the playoffs. So I just feel like it's one of those things where, you know, bad teams and bad cultures kind of stick to their ways. Where the good franchises, the good teams, the good cultures always figure out ways to get there. Like, there's no doubt in my mind the Spurs are going to be an eight seed. They're going to figure out a way to get there. Because that's just what the Spurs do. So it's just very interesting that you talked about that. And I think OKC could end up climbing up the rankings, as you said, like a Houston might have a lull. Dallas might get tired, and they might drop off. 
Speaking of that, we're going to talk about some of the contenders, pretenders there. Who do you see jumping up? I think the Spurs are going to jump up in the eighth seed. I think Memphis is going to drop off. Who do you see from that bottom of the West jumping up or falling out? Um, the Blazers. Yep. Blazers are good. Dame Lillard is a beast. Yeah. Ninth seed. Uh, dealt with injuries. And is looking for a way to get it together. If you really think about it, Nurkic has um, been out since last season. Uh, since playing the Nets. Yeah. yeah, I was getting ready to say that. You beat me to the punch. If you look at the Blazers' lineup legitimately, at the, a healthy Blazers team at the starting, their starting lineup would be Lillard at the point guard position, McCollum at the two, Melo at the three, um, Nurkic at the four, and uh, Hassan Whiteside at the five. That's a problem. I yeah. said this on another show in Philadelphia before I spoke to you this evening. Um, that is a 2K player's dream. <laughs> yup. <laughs> definitely. Definitely is. Yeah, that's definitely a team to watch for. Um, anyone else do you see? It's, it's weird to look at Western Conference rankings and look at teams under 500 and even consider them in the playoffs. But that's where we're coming right now. The West is starting to even out a little bit. And it's very top-heavy right now with the Lakers and the Clippers. But besides, you know, Portland and San Antonio, the Pelicans are getting on sort of a run. Zion has definitely re-energized that whole entire franchise. Do you see them making a run in the second half and knocking on the door of an eight seed? I've said that since the beginning of the season. I thought that the Pelicans were a playoff team. Um, it, it depends on what happens with the Rockets and the Mavericks. Um, that that fourteen trade, it, it seems like the Rockets aren't done dealing, um, and and. and when PJ Tucker is your six five center, it asks questions, but they also <laughs> of an injured um, Nene. Uh, so for them, they cleared two point two million in their mid level exception, which is great. Um, but I think when you talk about the Spurs, uh, I think the Spurs. I think what makes it difficult is I don't see the Thunder going anywhere. I don't see the Jazz Clippers or Nuggets going anywhere. If I had to pick a team that's in the higher echelon to, to, to slip down, it would likely be uh, the Rockets um, and the Grizzlies, which leaves you with the Pelicans lining up. And the other thing is, I don't sleep on the Suns. Really? Yeah, I like the Suns, man. They're 20 and 30. They're 4 and 6 in their last 10. I think that it, Devin Booker should use being snubbed at the All-Star game as a reason to step up his game in the second half. Uh, and I, I think it's going to be interesting. I'll just say that. Definitely going to be fun going down the road, as every single basketball season is going down the road. They're always a good time. Now, before we end out the show, I'm going to do to you what I always love doing to you. I love putting you on the spot. Uh-oh. Give me the finals and give me the champion in how many games? Um, I think it's going to be Bucks, uh, Lakers in the finals, and I think the Lakers are going to win it. How many games? Six, seven? Six. Six? So I'm going in. This might be my heart. Lakers heat. I think the heat get there. I think Jimmy Butler and uh, LeBron rekindle that rivalry that they had when he was the young upstart on the Bulls trying to slow down a LeBron. But I do think the Lakers win that one in five. So 
Yeah, it's it's difficult. I, I think that when you look at the Lakers team at large, the thing that I like about them is they, you know, many people woke them off when they lost to the Clippers uh, on on uh, Christmas Day and then opening night. And when you look at those two games, Christmas came down to a defensive possession that messed them up. Uh, Patrick Beverly being the, the defensive uh, stopper that he is. And then opening night was a whole different Lakers team. Yep. I mean, Danny Green was, was had 28 points in that game. <laughs> um, and LeBron and Anthony Davis were still figuring it out. And it's funny, um, I was with Anthony a couple of weeks ago. We, we have this developing running joke. I was with him in Chicago in November, and he said that LeBron told him they were talking about their, their pick and roll chemistry. And AD told me that, you know, um, LeBron was taping Space Jam this summer, so they didn't really have a lot of time to really connect like that and work out together. And he said LeBron told him that they're not quite a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. They're more like peanut butter and banana. So he told me that in November. So I said, I was in the Lakers locker room and I said to AD, I said, hey, are you guys peanut butter and jelly or y'all peanut butter and banana? He said, man, we still peanut butter and banana. We still figuring it out. uh, I I think the cool thing about their, uh, about their, their, their chemistry is, is, is developing throughout the course of the season. You know, and it, and it's fun to watch. You know, everybody wants the fast product. I like, I like, you know, don't 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 sweat the butterfly and this and this the uh, the cocoon. I'm liking I'm liking their, their chemistry elevation every game, and it's a it's a it's a daily process. Um, I, I think the Clippers are that good though, and that's the thing that's scary right now. The Clippers are better uh, because they've beaten teams that they should beat, and the Lakers at times don't beat teams they're supposed to beat. Uh, but I also think that um, the Clippers are still figuring out the Paul George, Kawhi Leonard experiment. But I also think that the Clippers have an advantage because they are a team that has been um, successful uh, since last season when they went toe-to-toe with the Golden State Warriors. They're literally just adding, you know, uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on paper. The the Clippers definitely traded a good piece in Shea Gilgis-Alexander, but when you get the chance to get Paul George and you add Kawhi to that team, Man, that's a powerful team. Um, the Lakers are still figuring some things out. You know, DeMarcus Cousins, will he return? Um, will the Lakers wave or cut somebody and bring in another free agent? Will they try? Will they trade Kyle Kuzma? Those are the things that we're figuring out at, at Thursday's trading deadline. And um, it's a fun time to watch basketball. The fact that we're discussing, will it be Lakers? Will it be Clippers? Will it be Jazz? Will it be whomever? Um, but I, I'm pulling for the Lakers because I've had invested, you know, investigated journalism stock in them. And, <laughs> the Lakers win one for Kobe Bryant in the memory of Kobe Bryant. Definitely. You know, the veteran savvy of both the Lakers and the Clippers is just going to be fun to watch. There's a lot of championship caliber players and uh, players that have been there before on both teams. So when they duel in the playoffs, if they do duel, it's going to be great. Now, the only thing we got to do, Scoop, is we got to get Brooklyn and New York up to speed with both LA teams so we can have each side of the East Coast, the two greatest cities in this country, going at it together with all four of those teams. That would just be a dream. It would be dope, man. It would be very dope. So NBA, fix it. (laughs) There you go. But all right, that's going to conclude this 
absolutely fun trade deadline heavy episode with my man Brandon Scoop B Robinson. Scoop, where can the people find you? Twitter at Scoop B, Instagram and Snapchat at Scoop underscore B. And then make sure you subscribe to the Scoop B Radio Podcast, 2.1 million streams uh, in 2019. And, you know, we're moving and grooving. Still a senior writer over at heavy.com, if yep. I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. All right, you can find his work there. And again, this is Sports Opinions Podcast. I'm the host, Alex Cuesta. Scoopy Radio. Overtime. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. 